Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Welcome to another edition of BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I'm Vicky Barcelona, and across from me is Joey D. Hello! No BJ Shea, he is on assignment. He is off fighting Kang. The Conqueror. I'm just trying to picture him fight anything. He fights putting his shoes on. He'll fight from a wheelchair. Oh, just like Professor X. <laughs> oh, God. What do we got going on today, Joe? Well, Vicky, on today's episode, we will talk with Gareth Von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed. That is SKNR.net. He's got John Wick 4 news. He's got Call of Duty news. And he's got his first take on Ant-Man oh. Quantum Mania. We will also talk The Last of Us. I'll give a quick update about that. And, of course, the geek sheet with Vicky B. Vicky! How can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. Dot com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. You won't believe there's more. <laughs> but just search BJ Shea's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app to find us. That's right. A-U-D-A-C-Y. That is Odyssey. Odyssey. <laughs> we are everywhere, but that is the best place to find us. I had did mention a little earlier, of course, about The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. I am through episode five, and okay. so is BJ, but BJ got killed by a zombie, or he's preoccupied trying to kill zombies. Something. We don't know. That was the cliffhanger for episode five. You might not have recognized him because he was decapitated. Womp womp. Womp 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 womp. Uh, the show is still great. Pedro Pascal can carry any show. I've pretty much determined that. The internet has determined that. <laughs> the show is awesome. Uh, we In our last episode, we got, spoiler alert for people who haven't seen it, if you don't want to know anything about these episodes, please just shut this off and go about five minutes in the future. Uh, we did get to see a bloater. A bloater is a big, fat zombie that likes to come out Bloop. of the ground and bloat. A.K.A. me, you know, certain times of the month when I've eaten all my cupcakes. Yes, or me in the morning when I'm trying to roll out of bed. That's exactly <laughs> what it seems like. Uh, he's a big, angry zombie. He seems a little bit more intelligent than the other zombies, and he likes to kill. So what happens? Well, we were in Kansas City for a little while, and people were hunting Pedro Pascal's character. Pretty much for no reason, because they were after Henry. Henry is a guy that turned co-conspirator to the bad guys, and, well, the rebels were not happy with him, because the rebels overthrew the government, and they're like, we're going to kill everyone who betrayed us. Henry was one of those people, mm. and poor Henry's a little kid get caught in the crossfire. Because what happens? They run away, they get caught, the zombies come out, everybody going to die. Because that's the theme of this show, Vicky. It's not a happy show. Everybody going to die. There's hope, then there's not hope. Then there's some more hope. Then there's not some more hope. So what happens? Well, unfortunately, this big bad bloater decides to kill everyone in Kansas City because he's angry and he's hungry. Uh, Joel does manage to shoot a lot of zombies with a really cool sniper rifle. That was fun to see. Uh, Joel does end up surviving, and uh, so does uh, the main characters as well, uh, whose name I am just blanking on, who played in Game of Thrones. I just know the actress's name, Bella. Ellie. Thank you. That's how, yes, yeah, that's how you got me there. That's how you got me there, because Bella, Ellie. Yep, there you Bella, go. Oh, yes, Ellie Liz. Ellie is awesome. Both great actors. Both really do a great job in every scene they're in. The show is a bit slow for me, because it's a zombie show. And it turns out when you kill off all your characters, every episode I just think, oh, God, is this the point where they're going to turn and the zombie's going to, oh, yep, oh, yeah. it, they're dead. But it was still very enjoyable. It's very beautifully shot, and it does do a great job of paying homage to the game. So I'm enjoying it. I'm hoping that uh, by the end of the season, we get a little bit more world developing and we get to see, you know, is Ellie going to end up being the cure or is she just along for the ride? Because she can't <laughs> die to zombies. Side note, I just found out because I was looking at posts and memes and things to post on our Facebook page because that's what I do. And apparently, I think Last of Us came out 10 years ago. 
That sounds about right, because there were two or two games and some DLC, but yes, the mm-hmm. original, I believe you were correct. Yeah, because it was saying games that are turning 10 years old in 2023, and I was... I thought it was older, but at the same time, I didn't believe it was that long. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's wild. Uh, if you look back at the graphics, as I've watched some of the videos on YouTube, it is, you can see generationally, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, wow, this was a generation or two of graphics ago. I can see okay. it. But the story still holds up. Awesome. And uh, as I said, Pedro Pascal, I mean, that guy can just act his face off. Like, you know, you, <laughs> you, you, I mean, you literally put him in a mask for an entire show called The Mandalorian, where it was him and a baby animatronic little device thing. Well, you said face, like, acts his face off. I'm like, well, he kind of acted his whole brains out in uh, Game of Thrones. Oh, God, his eyes. Oh, no, no, no. Yes. Uh, so I am excited to see where the story ends up. Uh, they are leaving Kansas City now, and they are going to, I believe, Wyoming to find uh, one of the characters that was introduced in the first episode who is in danger and, well, in the zombie universe, probably dead, although I've heard things that he might not be. Mm. But we'll have to wait and find out. Uh, until then, let me know what you think of The Last of Us. Let Vicky know she should watch it if it's too scary. I got. To, I found out my roommate's only seen the first episode, my housemate. Got my friend living with me right now, and uh, I'm going to see if she wants to sit down and watch it with me because I need a person. <laughs> Do it, Vicky. Do it. It'll maybe not give you nightmares. We'll find out. And we'll find out, yes. <laughs> ah, from moving on from that, we do have movies. Movies to talk about with Gareth from Skewed and Reviewed. Gareth has some great information. Let's get it straight into the interview with Gareth. With us today is Gareth Vaughn Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed. That is SKNR.net. Gareth, the big week is finally here. Ant-Man has released. This is uh, Into the Quantum Manium University thingy, Majigger, and you had a chance to see it? Yes, I did. I got to see it a few days ago. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. I, I liked it, but what really struck me as odd is that it's really seemed to divide the critics. I mean, as of now, it is the second worst uh, you know, aggregate score of any Marvel cinematic film outside of the Eternals. That's wild, because this is supposed to be their big intro into Kang and all the big bad guys that are going to lead the next phase of the uh, Marvel Universe. Exactly, and I think what's funny about it is that there was kind of a, uh, I think the people had their expectations all out of kilt, because when we go and do the films here, unlike in Seattle, we do have to give a comment right there to the studio reps, and it can't be, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I didn't like it. You have to literally, essentially, this is what I like. This is what I didn't like. And when I was waiting to get mine, I heard people making comments about there wasn't enough humor and where's all the humor. And I, you know, I, I, I wanted jokes. And that kind of struck me as odd because we've discussed that the previous two Ant-Man films were often seen as the lighter Marvel Cinematic Universe offerings in between um, you know, some of the more serious films. Uh, we talk about, you know, Avengers Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp followed it, and it was a more lighthearted tone until they got to that stinger scene in the bonus, which led into the Endgame uh, movie. And I think that was it. I think they've tried to tell people there's a reason this is kicking off Phase 5. This is a darker film. This is a more serious film. And then you had people coming out and saying, oh, well, you know, how, how tough is Kang if Ant-Man can take him on and stuff like that? And it's like, well, see the movie and you'll understand. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I tell people, you got to be realistic about this. Is there humor? Yes. But it is more focused on a slow buildup 
Uh, it does take a while to get to the action because there's a lot of setup to it. But once they get to it, it's pretty satisfying. And I think the other problem is all these people expect the story to be told in the two hours. This is not a two-hour story. This is basically an introduction of a character, an introduction of a, uh, a scenario that's going to be unfolding over many films. There are two bonus scenes in the movie, both of them very clearly set up some stuff, some coming much sooner than others, but you kind of get a grasp. This is going to be a larger problem that potentially will touch every single Marvel movie or show going forward that's set around the same timeline in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that. I can see both sides of that argument, wanting the Ant-Man to both be a lighthearted comedy, but also be the dark intro into this uh, new phase, because from the trailers, I wouldn't have thought it to be a funny movie. It's a very serious, heavy-hearted, you know, uh, Paul Rudd's character as Ant-Man has to essentially decide whether or not to save what seems to be his family or the entirety of the multiverse. Exactly. And, you know, and here's the thing. Do you really want, here's this big bad guy, Kang the Conqueror, who's, you know, this is it. This is a phase five and into phase six villain, we're told. Um, do you really want him trading wisecracks with Ant-Man? No, not or me. do you want him basically being this menacing individual? Yeah, because Thanos was not a you know com comedic relief villain in any way, shape, or form. He was 100% about, you know, his goals and, you know, destroying the Avengers. Exactly. And, you know, and it's funny because obviously we had the uh, game on the weekend. We have the new trailers. And it got me thinking, seeing some of this reaction. Uh, we got Guardians 3 coming this summer. And they have been no secret. James Gunn has said this is the final run for the Guardians. And then, you know, you kind of get this uh, in this configuration. Now, a lot of people have said some are going to die, some are going to go off and do their thing, some might be around to appear in team-ups. And while we know that there'll be humor, he has said, James Gunn, that he actually, uh, when they were filming it, there were parts they were tearing up. And I'm wondering if you're going to see this with people going, well, aren't the Guardians supposed to be wisecracking? And I think we got a little taste of that with their two films where they blended humor and a serious aspect. But when they appeared in the Avengers films, there was far less humor and a far more serious nature to it. Yeah, very true. That is interesting. I hadn't thought about that. This is going to be their last movie and it's got to be essentially a, a tragedy. <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing. It's But even in the darker moments, they would throw in a little tiny bit of humor here and there to say, you know, these guys are, a little different and they do things their own way and i'm just curious how that's going to happen because you know you had these people that were upset with elements of phase four they didn't think it was coherent enough they you know all these complaints and it's like where do you go from here do you make it lighter no it's very clear that they're going to a darker more mature storyline and so now you're upset that you don't get enough of the lighter stuff in it. You, you can't seem to win, and that's the hard part. What's the balance going to be? 
Yeah, definitely. I, and then that's a tough one, too, because you have such a broad audience that you're trying to reach. But I think just like they did with Infinity War and Endgame, you do have to kind of get that storyline moving towards a more mature audience. Not necessarily like, you know, 24 or something, but like at least to the 15 to 18 year old range. Well, exactly. And you have to think about it. You know, this is 10 years now. Those 13 year olds who watched Iron Man are 23 years old now. Yeah, definitely. And now there's... A- but yet there's a new batch of kids, and you have to kind of play that line of, well, thanks to streaming Disney+, Plus, they can watch all the shows and get caught up, no problem. But, you know, there's a reason these films are PG-13, because that does seem to be right where they're looking at going, you know, we're not going to be out there smacking them like the old Batman and having them fall down. <laughs> People are going to die in these films. We are going to touch on some mature themes, but we're not going to go over the top. We, we, you know, leave that for Deadpool and some of the TV series. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a smart move. Uh, Overall, what did you think of the movie, though? Where did it uh, stand for you? I liked it. I mean, I gave it a solid uh, review, and it's simply because I looked at it for what it was. I mean, I'll be honest. I was sitting in the theater, and, you know, I'd say about 40 minutes in. I wasn't looking at a watch or anything. I, I was enjoying the visuals but i'm thinking yeah it's a bit slow getting started it's a bit slow getting started uh but then they had a pretty decent finale i mean i i look at it this way and i know it's not a popular opinion i really really enjoyed wakanda forever the performances the story but i felt the action was quite subdued for what we expect in a marvel film uh i thought the finale was kind of a little you know by the numbers rather than the big epic finales and the problem of course is we got spoiled on the last two Avenger films and the ones before it that had these, you know, massive showcase pieces. I felt that when they got to the big finale, as it were, in this one, it did deliver. It's just you have to be patient in order to get to it. But I was just so fascinated by it. I thought Jonathan Majors' Kang was very interesting. I'm like, I'm very intrigued by all the possibilities that they could have with his character. And, uh, you know, I love to talk more about the bonus scenes, but unfortunately I can't. But uh, I, I'm just really curious to see how the public is going to embrace this. And then after it opens, we talked off air about Cocaine Bear and Creed <laughs> 3 coming. Yes. Is What are the legs going to be like on these films? Because traditionally, the Ant-Man films have made money, but they don't make the money that the other films do. And I'll be really curious to see how this one uh, does in the end. I think overall, if it ends up pushing the storyline forward, people will be happy. I think that the uh, lull of the Marvel movie is not really progressing that storyline. It's hitting people finally, and they're ready to get to another big bad villain. I'll be seeing it this weekend, hopefully, and I'll let you know how I feel about it. I think I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to see it in 3D, I'm, and I love Paul Rudd, so they've got all the things I need to enjoy it. Fantastic. Uh, moving on from that, though, Gareth, Call of Duty, one of my favorite franchises to both play and hate, uh, has come out with a new season and another uh, great patch notes and a bunch of new changes, new maps. What do they got for us, uh, Gareth? Well, basically that. We've got the Season 2 update, the long-awaited free update, uh, new maps for both uh, Warzone 2.0 and for the core game. You're going to have all kinds of new uh Things available, both free and paid down the line between cosmetics and weapons and so on and so forth. And I believe, if I remember correctly, I have not had a chance to dig into it, but it was like three maps for the main 
core game. I understand there's the six versus six mode that's being introduced. Obviously, they don't always put everything out all at once. Uh, sometimes things come in the course of the season, but, um, you know, sometimes they do special events. And I, I'm just really excited to uh, have some new maps and some new content because I played the original uh, release very thoroughly, uh, you know, multiplayer and the campaign, finished that off, got my character up, doing the prestige levels, did the special events. I haven't really plunked around in Warzone too much because I'm not a – the one-and-done style of play doesn't work well for me. I like a more aggressive uh, style, um, up to and including taking vehicles and running people over if necessary. Yes. And so I, I kind of got to the point where I, I, had, I was playing it regularly, and then I stepped away for a while. Uh, obviously, I was playing some other things, doing some reviews. But I'm really ready to get back, and I think, you know, perfect timing. Got a long weekend for some people, and I'm just really – excited to get back in and uh, see what's going on and you know remember this is the first of new content we talked on a recent segment about originally they were not going to have a new game in 2023 it was going to be some paid dlc uh around free dlc now we're told well no we are going to have a a new game this year which you know as we talked it was going to be essentially the paid dlc is being rolled into a release um so Lots of stuff coming, and I'm really excited to see where they go with it. Yeah, Call of Duty releases a ton of content. It's so wild to me because people do like to give them a little hate on Reddit and stuff. But as you know, it's a AAA franchise, and it does have its bumps and its patches and its pay-to-win scenarios and its skins. But of all the games I've played, especially the the battle royale and the and and like the multiplayer, like you can play for zero dollars, and they keep releasing new content, and it's pretty great. Exactly, and they, you know, and they do some really crazy things. I mean, we forget over the years, they've had bonus content where the Predator was in it. They've had some with Stallone and Bruce Willis. They've had some with Ghostface from Scream. So they're not opposed to really throwing a curveball out there. We had that stuff um, where, what was it, Godzilla was in it? And, uh, you know, things like that. And it's like, you know, that's what the whole thing is. Let's mix it up and have some fun. Yeah, and I know from my perspective, because I do play the Battle Royale, I do love that, I played some multiplayer, the stability of their servers has gotten a million times better, there's no dropping anymore, Uh, this has been a great step forward for them. It has, and I think, you know, some people say, well, it's the benefit of the new hardware, it's the benefit of the new systems, and it's like, right, but that's the whole point, they're coding for these things, and they're taking advantage of what these things offer, I mean, you know, we've seen games recently where... Uh, because of the solid-state drives, they don't have to do load screens anymore. It could be like a seamless transition, and uh, that's the beauty of it. Yeah, I mean, definitely 100%. Uh, I mean, I have no complaints about the game anymore, and especially all the new stuff they're releasing. Uh, uh, We'll have to check out the new season this weekend, because as you said, it's a long weekend. We have a three-day weekend for a lot of us out here, and we're going to have a lot of time to do some gaming. Exactly, and that's the thing. And, of course, now we get to see – you know, how many people have really gone crazy in the last few weeks. And, uh, um, you know, those people that learn every nook and cranny of the maps, it's always fun to get on a new map, and now you, they don't have that advantage anymore. Yes, exactly, and everyone's learning, and then it's and it's a real free-for-all. Uh, moving on yeah. from Call of Duty, though, Gareth, I did have a question about a game that I saw a trailer for a long time ago, but you brought up before uh, when we were talking off-air, Atomic Heart. I just want to give people a little quick uh, spoiler, because I know you're going to talk about it more in our future interviews, but what is this game? Okay, so basically the game came out 
the announcement came out several years ago, and it is a it looks like a first person shooter, but kind of a Eastern European. Um, I, I don't want to say dysfunctional, but kind of odd world, and it's like it's Earth, but something doesn't quite mesh. And someone told me, think of it like an Eastern European fallout. That was kind of how they were pitching it at the time. Okay. And so that was it. We didn't hear anything about it. We heard that, uh, you know, the combat was a bit brutal. And it was kind of one of those things where the years passed and you would only occasionally get a little bit of a reference to it. It's like, I guess, you know, it's either forever in development or they've redone massive segments of it. Well, lo and behold, it arrived the other day. They said, here you go. You can start playing it. Uh, can't talk about it or show anything on it for another week, but here it is. And so it's like, okay, now here's another thing right up against Call of Duty to occupy my time. So all the better. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I'm excited to hear about that once you can talk about it. The game looks amazing. I mean, all these new next-gen games, I, how do we have the time? Yeah, well, the time, the money, and uh, all, all the fun things to go with it. But, you know, and it's interesting, too, on a side note, they mentioned the whole Eastern European Fallout thing. Fallout's still grinding away, too. I mean, there was a special Valentine's Day event uh, and all of this, so it, it's really interesting. And I, what I'm curious about is the Fallout players who are so used to the crafting and the migration – I don't know if the game has an element of intense crafting to it, which is actually something I'd be okay with, because that is one of my more annoying parts of um, Fallout. I know it certainly makes it fun, but I, I can't stand when all of a sudden my weapon breaks and I have to find a new one or fix it, or, um, <laughs> yes. you know, oh, it's time to, eat, time to eat and drink again, and I'm getting whacked by a pack of rad roaches, and all of a sudden <laughs> here's a sport beat circling around and it's like and you're you're pestering me now to drink water great yes well i i hope we don't have as much as that of that that's for sure absolutely yes but i will find out yes well hopefully more from atomic heart uh next week uh gareth when you do get to play it and can talk about it but going from shooting in the gaming world to shooting in the movies we have a little news about john wick 4 one of my favorite keanu reeves franchises i didn't think the matrix was going to get topped but it might just get topped if they keep making these movies what do we got gareth okay so first off great news for people who've been looking forward to it we know there's a tv series coming there is a spinoff movie coming uh, we've been told that, uh, I mean, unless something absolutely implodes at the box office, there will at least be a five, and I understand their plans for a sixth film. Wow. And now we're hearing that it is the longest John Wick film to date, that it has a three-hour runtime. And you know what three hours of John Wick means? A large body count. A lot of people going to die. Yeah. And I keep telling my wife, she absolutely loves these things, too. And we sit there and I go, I know they suppose they're in a competitive industry and all of that, but you think they would learn one simple rule: don't make John Wick angry. <laughs> it doesn't end well for you. We've got several movies showing this, and yet there's all these geniuses that keep lining up, going, "I can take him on, I can take him out," and what happens? Nope. <laughs> yeah, the bounty just gets bigger and bigger. It's like, are there going to be any people in the syndicate left by the time he's done with the? The franchise. <laughs> no, he's going to become the king, the only one left. Exactly. And so, uh, looking forward to it. I understand they're kind of keeping it a bit quiet because 
We have been told that when the screening comes up, press only, they will not let us bring any guests or anything like that. So it's going to be kind of a, a very quiet thing. Now, ironically, that always changes because sometimes they'll say, that's it for you guys. And then two days later, we'll have a general public screening. But uh, we just got in the other day a bunch of character posters. They're going to start ramping it up. There was some speculation that there might have been a trailer during the game last week, and it didn't happen. But there's a lot of stuff coming. And then we also know that uh, I mentioned the spinoff briefly, which is the ballerina. And if you remember the last film, the Angelica Houston Ballerina School, where it does appear that some of them are being trained, um, they are indeed going to have Keanu in that as well. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I do remember that scene. If I remember correctly, she pays quite the price for helping out uh, John Wick. Exactly. And uh, I can never say her name correctly, but I believe it's Ana de Armas, who was in Blonde, and she's been in a lot of things. She's very upcoming. She's going to be the lead character in the film, as we understand it. And, uh, you know, it, it's really easy to say, okay, so she's the female John Wick. But I've been told that would be like looking at some of the characters in the last film. They're not carbon copies. There's only one John Wick. She will be a unique assassin from that school, but she's going to have her own problems and her own agendas. And I'm like, sounds good to me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm never going to complain about more stuff in the John Wick universe. Gareth, as always, it is great to talk with you. I'm excited to get back to the movie theaters. Sounds like we have a lot of great upcoming films to watch. And until next time, we'll uh, we'll be waiting on the edge of our seat. Sounds good. Take care now. Thank you again so much, Gareth. I want to hear what he actually thought of Ant-Man because we heard a little bit. But, mm-hmm. you know, you, can't, you know, unfortunately, because Gareth gets to see it early, you can't say everything because oh, they yeah. don't want to spoil anything. You know, you can't be spoiling what happens to Kang. Or, I appreciate it. You got to appreciate that because, you know what, nothing's worse than finding out that there's a villain in the movie before the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to know everything when I'm watching it, not before. Exactly. But we'll wait and find out. And, of course, John Wick 4 is going to shoot some more people. I love John Wick. I love Keanu Reeves. Give me more shooty shoot. Shooty, shooty, some pew, pew. But moving on from that, it is time to get to... The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, now I know it's Movie Friday, and I know there's one movie coming out that we all want to see. Yeah, the big one. I know we couldn't really get a lot of information because, you know, Gareth was a... There's a term for it. I can't remember. I know there's NDA, but there's another term. A tease. (laughs) Yeah. Anywho. Uh, But I did kind of want to give you guys an update because I had seen a few days ago that the Rotten Tomatoes wasn't too nice to it. No. They hadn't gotten the score yet. It was just the critic score, and it was pretty low. It's gone up since then. Uh, The tomato meter with 242 reviews at the time of this recording is... 48%. Well, that is about as rotten as you can get for a Marvel movie. However, the audience score with over 1,000 verified ratings is at 84%. A new hope. And I am wondering if it's definitely going to be one of those movies like, yeah, you need to see the other stuff. Like the last few things, not just Ant-Man, you know, one and two. You need to see all the last shows and movies and everything leading up to this point. Wouldn't surprise me. Because that would make sense for that. Like, you know that the audience who's going there knows what's what's going on, and maybe the critics don't. Yeah, if you haven't seen Loki, I assume you're going to miss out on at least some of the story. Yes. But, I mean, we'll find out when we go see it. Maybe they do a good job recapping it. I'm not sure, but that's just my my guess at this point. But- I, I do have plans to see the movie with B- Zombie BJ oh, yeah. <laughs> in 3D, so oh. uh, I'm very excited. I have, The last movie I saw in 3D was Avatar, so I don't think it'll probably hold up to that 3D standard. Visually, no, but I, I do expect it to look pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely. This is supposed to be the big phase moving forward movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
That was a mouthful. Uh, for Marvel, because this is the introduction of the bad guys. Oh, yeah. And I know that they just came out with the release date and then a new poster for the, like, Marvels or, like, the, the Miss Marvel movie with, uh, I'm blanking on her name, uh, Rambo, Monica Rambo. It's not Maria. Maria was her mother. And uh, as well as Kamala and, uh, why do I want to say Claire Danes? That's not her name. Oh, my God. Um, Captain Marvel. Sorry. I'm, oh, I'm, yes. I'm, oh, now I can only think of Claire Danes. Right? Oh, uh, oh mm, mm, mm. Who the chick is from Captain uh, Marvel. I'm not trying to think of the actress's name. Uh, Carol Danvers. There you go. See, Claire Danes. Okay, C and D. Okay, I don't feel too stupid, but that was Brie Larson. Brie okay. Larson. That's what it was. The cheese. How do I not remember the cheese? Uh, but there is another movie coming out. If you have no desire to see any type of Marvel movie or you just couldn't get tickets or whatever, uh, we do have another movie that's out this week. We that do. That is getting a lot of attention and not so much in a good way. Uh, yeah, let's just say um, unaliving threats are not nice. Uh-oh, whose childhood does someone ruin? Uh, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Nope, Tomato Meter is giving it a 9% with only 22 reviews and with 100-plus verified ratings for the audience, 59%. Oh, man. It's not supposed to be good. I think it's the idea of it is so crazy and sacrilegious that that's why it's getting attention. So it's not sweet like honey. Winnie would not dip his one-fingered hand into it. Yeah, no, this is supposed to be... It. So Winnie the Pooh, I think, went into the public domain so people could pick it up. It's not just a Disney property. So you can do whatever the hell you want with it, much like Sherlock Holmes. And what was the other one that's in the public domain that everyone uses all the time? Oh, yeah, anywho. There's a there's a few, not a whole lot, because there's a lot of laws and weirdness around it. There's a lot of things that are in public domain that are oh, that are not in public domain that... Companies own but aren't doing anything with it, so we have no idea that these awesome, quote-unquote, new stories um, exist. They're just not doing anything with it, and they're not letting anybody else use it. So Yeah, I'm not sure we need another Winnie the Pooh movie, to be Especially honest Especially not a horror-themed one, because it is blood and honey. What? <laughs> no, yeah, it's live action, but it's like they have these weird-ass masks, and it's, it's a murder movie. So it's like the days of adventures and merriment have come to an end as Christopher Robin, now a young man, has left Winnie the Pooh and Piglet to fend for themselves. As time passes, feeling angry and abandoned, the two become feral. After getting a taste for blood, Winnie the Pooh and Piglet set off to find a new source of food. And it's not long before their bloody rampage, rampage, rampage right, begins. Right. Well, I'm not going to lie. I don't know how you pitch this to someone in a room full of directors. And you're like, hey, I got an idea. You yeah. ever heard of Blood and Honey? <laughs> yeah, like, this is definitely uh, not one of those, like, some, like, film students make. Maybe, like, two steps above it. But, yeah, definitely not anything. I'm going to put this great. in the category of we didn't need it. We didn't need it. But, all right, cool. You know, live your best life. If this is how you're going to live your best life, go for it. This could have stayed as fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> but still, yeah, no, death threat's not a great look, people. Don't do not do that. Yeah, that is a little much. Yeah. Look, but... I know it's called Blood and Honey, but you're taking, you know, a, a movie, make it a little bit too much in reality. Uh, but if you do see any of these movies, I know there's a couple other ones out there. Please let us know what you think. Should we watch them? And until next time, guys, stay nerdy.